Tale of the Tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are going to cover Bellator 278 and 279 that take place this weekend in Hawaii. Um, it's the beginning of the Bantamweight Grand Prix and that's why I wanted to cover this. So it's basically four fights for the winner. It takes place over approximately a year, and the winner at the end of the Grand Prix gets a million dollars. So they will, if you don't understand, they'll get their pay per fight, you know, per contracted fight throughout the tournament, and then the winner at the end gets a million dollars. Basically like AJ McKee just beat Pitbull for. Um, I guess it's been a few months now because Pitbull has now come just back came and, back and, and got, got the belt, belt back. back for him. Yes, he did. Um, and the light heavyweight Grand Prix was supposed to come to an end this last weekend, and the fight ended uh, in it with a with a no contest because of an, an illegal headbutt or an accidental headbutt. Yeah, I think they called it accidental. I, yeah, I, I, I don't think it was on purpose. However, he had headbutted him on the feet once or twice because I, I had seen him back up and kind of tell the ref. Right. And then there was another one on the ground that was not as bad, and then that one you know took place again and it, and it cut him. And so you don't really want to throw stuff like that you know because it ends you know it could end like that and and what what kind of sucks is it happened in the ufc the following day and the fight was it went to the judges because it was in the third round and it was a three fight fight and the guy who threw the illegal strike won the fight that should absolutely and dc was saying the same there should absolutely be a disqualification there's no yeah. way if anything and you want to give a win you give it to the guy who got who got need like with sterling right he yeah, got yeah, the yeah. win yeah yeah you don't get illegally need and then you, otherwise why not get to the third round if you're ahead and just throw an illegal strike absolutely because all of a sudden you're the winner so was you it know? an illegal headbutt for the illegal team? it was an illegal knee illegal to the head, on a, the head. On a down guy. so it was just like a sterling situation yeah. gotcha and, and so the guy got the win uh, because it went to the judges because of what round it was in, but there's no, in no under no circumstance, especially a knee with a down guy, should that guy get the win? You know, it, it just was he rolling around weird... on his back for five minutes though before? No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He, he actually didn't even drop. Really? <laughs> <No>. Wow. <clears throat> um, how deep in the third round do you know? Is there is there a line where the judges say it's far enough now that we're going to vote? Like, what does that so look like? So this is. If there's anywhere you ever don't want to be, it's inside the comment section after a Bellator post. <laughs> like the, the, the people that comment under the Bellator posts, it's literally the worst of all people. It is terrible. It is, they're all a bunch of UFC fanatics. You yeah. know, they started watching yeah. during the tough era and they, all they do is bash Bellator. It doesn't matter how good the fight is. It doesn't yeah. matter how good the guys are. They just bash Bellator. Because it's so, not UFC, right? right? Got so it. everyone in there is bashing the fact that, um, uh, the fight ended, you know, the way it ended, but had it gone two more seconds, and I don't know the rule here, the third round has to end or the fourth round has to start, but the, the third round was two seconds from ending when okay. it stopped. Okay. They're saying they should have let it go. It would have gone to the judges, and then uh, uh, Nemkov would have won the belt. I mean, I'm sorry, um, uh, Corey Anderson would have won the belt. But again... I don't think the guy that throws the illegal strike should get to win the belt I totally or, or to get agree. to win the fight. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, no way, no way. The belt, let alone the fight. Right, right. And so he was winning. I, I gave the first round to to Nemkov, and I gave the second round to Corey Anderson, and he clearly had won the third round as well. Okay. 
you don't know what would have taken place in the fourth and fifth round. You've seen too many people come back and, and win. Like, for example, uh, a good example of the exact same thing was the uh, Purion fight. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I thought he won the first. Yep. I thought he lost the second two. He, the, yeah, absolutely. But he came back and won the fourth and fifth. Absolutely. Clear to everybody. Yes. So who knows what would have happened in that fight. Yep. So to give it to to give it to Corey Anderson off of an illegal shot would have been, you know, would have been terrible. And and so whether it was accident or not, you know, he's he's the one that threw the shot. Yep. Shouldn't get to win. So it's a no contest. Everyone's crying. There's no contest. And and look at this on the main card, two no contests. Well, the following night in the UFC, there were one no contest and one should have been a no contest and, and went to, you know, a, a terrible decision of giving it to the guy who threw the illegal strike. All right, so so the first fight that we're talking about in the Bantamweight World Grand Prix is Jornel uh, Lugo and Danny Sabatello. What yes. do you know about these fighters? So I really like, the one of the main reasons I wanted to cover this fight is I really like Jornel Lugo. Um, he is, he reminds me of Lucas. He is a student of the game, He but, but more di or different than Lucas, he watches tons of videos. He studies the videos, he studies techniques, you know, and, and he's, his improvement in Bellator has been phenomenal. Like he's just gotten better and better and better every fight. Yeah. I, I've messaged him a couple times after his fight to congratulate him and he's a super humble, nice kid. Um, and and I, so this, this fight is taking place because um, Sergio Pettis on one side and um, the Irish kid um, Gallagher on the other dropped out of the tournament. Okay. okay? So they ha they're having this fight to fight to get into the tournament. Okay, so, it's like a play-in almost. Yes. Okay, it's a so fight-in. He's fighting um, Sabatello, and then the following day, I think, is the is the other fight, and we'll get to which one it is. And uh, the winner of the following day has it worse. The winner of the following day will jump into the tournament. His first fight, I believe, is going to be uh, Usman Nurmagomedov, uh, Khabib's um, okay. cousin, I cousin. think is what yes. it is. Um, this fight still going to be tough if if the winner of this fight will get uh, Leandro Higo. Leandro Higo is another really good fighter. Um, Aaron Pico has beaten him. Uh, but I – so there's been a feud online between these two. Sabatello is a mouth. Mm. He's kind of a punk. He's uh, just been running his mouth the whole time. Disrespectful. Okay. okay. John Lugo has, has kept it, you know – pretty pretty clean and legit he's he's actually funny because he keeps sharing the stuff that the guy keeps saying to him so he just keeps sharing it on his story <laughs> so i've been following along just kind of laughing at, at the the guy he's a very tough fighter what, what's his record uh so he's uh danny's 11 and one yeah 11 and, and one so real tough guy jornell is uh, eight, eight eight no eight no eight no yep yeah um i was afraid for him he fought on the on the dublin card and uh being from over here and fighting over there he went to a close decision against an Irish guy and, and he pulled off the win and I was so stoked they pulled off the win. That's what I messaged him yeah. about. I was like, I yeah. was so nervous before they announced it, you know, but, but super pumped that he won the fight and, uh, and at, that's why he's here now at 8-0 jumping into the, the tournament. So both of them go deep into decisions and you don't see much in the way of jiu-jitsu on both of them. Sa uh, Sabatello, of his 11 wins, four of them are by submission. And then when you go to Giorno, only, um, only two of his are by submission. So you got nine decisions between the two of them. Do you see this going deep? Probably, and only because at 135, 
there's only a couple guys that have that one punch knockout power. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about Sabatello. He's he looks like a kind of a jack guy. Okay. He he may. Jornel, I don't think, and I don't mean to disrespect him, I don't think he has that one punch knockout power. However, he is beyond technical. You know, he, he reminds me technique wise of Dominic Cruz. Like Dominic didn't mm. knock out a million people, yeah. but he's just, phenomenal. Just right? touched him up yeah. all day long. And and, and his jujitsu, I, I guess he only has two subs, super good on the ground. Like he, he will outclass the guy on the ground for sure if if it gets to the ground. Um so yeah, I just he's a very well I've I've spoken to him about taking Luke there and training. Uh he he lives down in Florida and uh, doesn't train at a huge gym. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get them together to train since they're in different weight classes. And if anything, Luke goes up, you know, he's never going down. Yeah. And, and Jornell's not a huge guy. So, you know, I, I spoke to him a little bit about training uh, the two of them just because they're so technical. I thought it'd be, you know, great training. So do you see Jornell wanting to take this to the ground? Is his jujitsu enough that it would it would handle Danny on the ground? It is. I don't know what his wrestling's like, and I also don't know what uh, Sabatello's wrestling like. Okay. But I think Jornell... Whether he has that one-punch knockout power or not, he's very hard to hit. Very elusive. Okay. Good footwork, good head movement. You know, he's really quick. And, and I believe if he wanted to get to the ground, he could. Okay. Okay. So, so how are you calling this one? Well, I'm picking him just because I love the guy. I think he's a stud, and I don't like the other guy. <laughs> but if I was betting money, <laughs> yeah, even even you know like and dislike alike, like you know, I've already oh, yeah. you know, I've already we talked about gone, that. Gone on guys that I've liked and said that the other guy was going to win. I think Jordan Lugo wins that fight all day. Okay. Speaking of which, I'm 12 and two right now, so don't forget when you bet on these fights. I'm 12 and two yeah, on my on my on my bet so far. And you're going to be rolling. Uh, I think you're picking either eight or nine fights tonight. I'll have to go back and tally them up, but uh, but you're picking a handful tonight. Yeah, we'll have so. a big one to choose from in that coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> my record is either going to be phenomenal next week, or it's going to be like 500. <laughs> be, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, so uh, the next one, this is a, they're calling it a contract weight at 140. Yeah. Enrique Barzola and Nikita Mikhailov. Um, Barzola is 17-5 and two. The guy's, you know, that's a solid record. He's got he's got a lot underneath him. Uh, Nikita's only nine and one. Um, and I think this might only be his first or second fight in Bellator as well. Yeah, so he's, he's a Russian guy, right? He is. That's yeah. right. So a contract weight, and I, we may have talked about this on another podcast, but a contract weight means that one of them wasn't going to make weight but gave enough notice to say, hey, can we meet it here? Because if you have if you have misses, like if you miss weight, the commission knocks you for that. And if you yep. do it enough times in the same state, they'll they'll bump you to the next weight class without mm. you, you know, without your consent. Okay. And uh, Connecticut will is for sure one of the ones that will do that. Uh, they're in Hawaii, but I know I just know that because of Luke. So a contract weight, one of them couldn't make 35 but for whatever the reason. Maybe it's a short notice fight for one of them. Uh, so that's why they call it a contract weight. Once it's set in the contract, the commission only sees what the weight is contracted at, and nobody's missing weight. So looking at that, Barzola's listed at 145, and Nikita's listed at 135. So, it, so that's it, a it's an assumption, middle. but yeah. I'm assuming that it was uh, Barzola that had a hard time making Yeah, and, and Barzola, I believe, uh, either fought at 35 already or Darian Caldwell fought up, but he just beat Darian Cald Caldwell. Um, and I'm not sure what weight that fight was at, but I don't know that Cald I think Caldwell moved back to 35 right after the, the okay. featherweight Grand Prix. Yeah, that was that was just 
I was just at the end of January, January 29th. Yeah. That he did that. So, yeah, that was fairly recently. Um, in looking at the records here, um, if I look at Barzola, let me pull this back up again. Um, he, he, again, goes the distance at 17 and 5. Going the distance does not help him. All of his losses have come by decision. He's won eight times by decision, and then he's got five by, um, by TKOKO, and he's got four subs. So for him, I'm thinking that he does not want to go the distance because he's eight and five going that way, and, right. and statistically he's, he's going to want to avoid that. Um, if you look at Nikita, um, he's lo his only loss has come by submission. He's never beat anybody by submission. And six of his nine wins have come by way of decision. He only so has one loss, right? One loss by submission. Is that like the trend in Russia? They all either have no losses or, or one loss. <laughs> there's that, not a lot of out of Dagestan or Russia. There's not a lot of yeah. losses on these guys' records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and he's on Fedor's team, Association's Fedor team. Oh, that's why. Okay, so that's why I recognize that guy. He was so when the in Luke's last fight when Bader fought the the big the heavyweight Russian. And we were in there training on the bike, cutting weight and stuff. When when uh, Fedor was in there, he was holding mitts for this guy. This guy hits hard. Yeah. This guy, yeah, for a 35er, this guy hits hard. Um, when was his last fight? Let me look it up. Waiting for the... Uh, there we go. Um, his last fight was January 29th yeah, against so he Blaine fought, Shoot. Yeah, he fought on Lucas's card. Yep, 273. Yeah, um, and he fought a guy who... Cody Walker, actually one of one of my guys, he's he's buddies with that guy Blaine Shoot, who he beat. Um, Blaine was actually pretty tough, and he took that fight again. He was another short notice guy. So uh, TKO'd him in the third. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb right now and and bet on Nikita. Um, the other so so Barzola, he either is really difficult to take down, or Caldwell tried to stand with him all day because Caldwell's NCAA champ, great phenomenal wrestler. Um, I feel like could have, you know, at some point taken the fight to the ground and and lost a decision, I believe, to him. Or actually, to be honest, I think it got stopped. And uh, when he wasn't in as much trouble, it was kind of an early stoppage. And I, and I didn't think it should have been stopped. And I don't think Caldwell think it should have been it stopped It was a either. TKO with three minutes in the third. Yeah, I don't think it was. Uh, <laughs> he was in a bad shot on a, on a far side single. Like, he wasn't on a, on a regular single. He was on the far side, and his head was kind of stuck inside, and he was getting hit. He wasn't getting hurt, um, and the ref stepped in and stopped the fight. I don't think, and I just saw the finish of that fight last night because it's on the highlight of the or the the new um, for the trailer for the okay, Grand yeah, Prix. Yeah. Yep. And I and I thought, oh, why did they stop that fight? You know, because he, he didn't look like he was in that much trouble. Um, the guy the guy's tough. Obviously, he's got seventeen what seventeen and five. Fights. Yeah. Um, uh, 24 because he's got two no contests. So okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Nikita. Really? On that fight. Yep. So he is the underdog on that one. You're you're I'm, going I'm against sure the grain on yeah. that one. Man, I mean, you haven't seen me bet a lot against Russians. Yeah. And, and yeah. Anybody from over there in, in Dagestan, there's a reason why there's one loss or or zero losses on those sure. guys' record. Um, they're just tough. And uh, again, not taking anything away from that guy. I'm, he beat Darian Caldwell. Which is great, you know. Yep. Um, but again, AJ McKee beat Darian Caldwell in, in 30 seconds, you know, 40 seconds. In, in the, yeah, that in was the a quick fight. Yeah, he had a real nice submission on him. Um, but he's beatable, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not changing. I'm going Nikita Krylov on that. What's, what's the last name? Um, uh, Mikhailov. Mikhailov. M I K. Yeah, Mikhailov.
All right, so let's move into the uh, the championship on this one, women's flyweight division. Juliana Velasquez against Liz Camouche. Yeah. Um, boy, I watched Liz fight. Um, she she went five rounds with uh, Shevchenko. She, so she's I, probably one of the most experienced girls in the sport. Holy she, cow! She's been fighting. I don't know when her first fight was, but she's been fighting a very long time. Yep. She was Ronda's debut fight in the UFC. Okay. And had Ronda's back for half of the first round. You know, she was on her back trying to choke her, trying to choke her, and then finally end up falling off and getting armbarred, um, like everybody else did at the beginning. <laughs> but she's she's got a lot of experience. She's very tough. Um, she's a good fighter. Juliana Velasquez, I did not know who she was until she showed up to Bellator and fought um Alima Lay McFarland for yeah. the belt. Alima, yeah, yeah, and she may—I may have seen her fight once before then, and I've seen her fight once since then. And she is very tough. She's a big girl. Uh, she reminds me of um, who's the twenty-five champ? Nunes? No. no. Uh, we just talked about just, her. The one who just beat Nunes. Um, she went five rounds with with. Uh, oh, Shevchenko. Yeah, Shevchenko. She reminds me of her, not quite as sharp and refined because Shevchenko's. You know, She's top ten elite. in the men's and women's division is in my con- you know as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but she is she's very good. She's very technical. She hits really hard. Um, so it's gonna be a good fight. I just feel like how how old is Liz? Uh, let me see if I can find out. I don't know. She's she's sixteen and seven. She was born in eighty four, so that makes her thirty eight. Yeah. Got some miles there. It's old in MMA. It is nothing to not to take away from her. There are some guys who have been who have done well, you know, pretty well still at that age. Um, women at, at 38, I think it's I think it's pretty old in the sport. And what? Well, Velasquez is 36. Okay. So um, I, I I don't know if that takes she, away from your from yeah. your thought. What's what's Velasquez's record? How many fights does she have? She got twelve and she's twelve and zero right now. Twelve and zero, and how many fights does, does yeah, Liz come Sixteen out? and seven. So yeah. you're talking twenty three fights. Twice so. the amount of fights as her, for sure. Um, twice the amount of mileage on her. You know, from from those. I just I, I think she's awesome, and and I love to watch her fight, and she looks like Uriah Faber to me. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Camus, right? Yeah. Okay. But I just think <laughs> that Juliana Juliana Velasquez is fresher she's she's on right now yeah and i just think she she uh she wins it would be phenomenal if liz carmouche won and was able to get a belt because she didn't get the belt in ufc yep. and she hasn't gotten the belt here but it'd be cool if she did but i just if, if i'm betting i'm betting on velasquez we're going to Bellator 279 on the following day. They're doing this two days in a row. Saturday night now. And uh, we're on Saturday night. Kai, the undercard, Kai Kamaka is fighting Justin Gonzalez. Um, two really great fighters. Quick story about Kai. Um, I fought some of their friends and family. My student, Jeremy, fought Ray Cooper, whose son now is fighting in PFL. A freak. You know, he's a two-time champion there. He's won the million dollars twice. Um... Kai Kamaka was in the UFC. Yeah. He lost. To, there's a there's a big circle here. Lost to TJ Brown, who trains with Bryce and us. Okay. And then apparently got cut. And I didn't know it until I'm scrolling through Luke's weight class and Kai's in Luke's weight class. <laughs> now, the irony to this is 20, I guess, 20 years ago, somewhere around 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, 16, 17, 18 years ago. I'm in Hawaii. 
for one of the one of the fights over there and and his family used to put on what I consider one of the best events to ever fight for is called Warriors Quest in Hawaii and his dad is Kai Kamaka senior he's not even the senior Junior. there's the bunch Kai Kamaka and then uh, uh, Brennan Kamaka is his brother Kai's brother and his first name is Brennan yeah Brennan Kamaka okay yeah and Jeremy beat him okay and uh, so they put on a phenomenal show well one day they invited us they're they're man just the most amazing group of people in Hawaii in general uh, let alone their family and they invite us to their gym to come train and it's in a it's in like a warehouse garage and as we're walking up I hear wah, 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 wah. and I'm like oh sweet I get to see Ray hit mitts you know because Ray Cooper was was murdering people back then uh, that's that's Ray jr's dad who was who's had the knockouts in PFL okay. was dad was you know he hit Jeremy with a body shot in their fight on the ground yeah and Jeremy was laying and I'm over there and he goes and like made eye contact with me and I'm just like, oh my God, that looked like it killed, you know? And they, so they just hit really hard. Well, as I come around the corner, uh, Ray is on his knees and the kid is hitting and he's seven, maybe eight. And he's just blasting the mitts, kicking, punching, kicking, punching. And I'm like, holy smokes. And then this is a little kid. Dude? Yes. He's seven or eight years old. And I'm like, man, you know, I looked at I looked at my buddy Tracy and the other guys that were with me. I said, "Hey, if my and, and my kids had zero, there was zero chance of them fighting this at that point." This was even before the karate classes. Oh right? yeah, way 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 before. <laughs> and I said, "Hey, if my kids ever decide to fight, make yeah. sure we say no if this fight ever comes up." <laughs> well, here we are, with with Kai in Lucas's weight class in Bellator. Yep. So. I still hope the fight doesn't come up, but not for the same reasons anymore. You know, for the same reason now. Now the reason I don't like don't like that fight is because I'm friends with the family. Absolutely, I dig their family. They're very, uh, very religious. You know, Christian family. My my student Lucas, who I actually named Lucas after, fought over there, and he walks out to a Christian song, mm. and the entire Blaisdell Arena is standing singing this song that as he's song. walking out. And it was a ama- and he was a he was a a howley in Hawaii. Right, right, he was right, a white right. guy fighting yeah, yeah. over there on the island, and they all sang a song. And my buddy Bobo was the one who fought him, and he's in the back, and he go- and he said he instantly didn't want to fight him anymore. He's like, Same. man, he goes, I didn't know he's Christian guy, blah, blah blah, and he didn't want to fight him, and and you know Lucas ended up beating him, and uh, and it was just from that point on, we've just been really tight with the- with all of their families over there, and you know, so I just prefer that fight never happened. Sorry, okay, got no, away from the fight. Awesome story. So Justin Gonzalez, yes, is the guy who was just cornering the last guy that Lucas fought. Okay, um, he is a very good fighter. He's fourteen or fifteen and zero or one. Uh, just twelve and one. Twelve and one. Twelve and uh, one. Real good fighter. Real good record. Um, fights out of Colorado, so he's going to have really good cardio. Yeah, you know, really. He's going yep, to have right. that that uh, altitude training, and now he's fighting in Hawaii, which is obviously sea level. Sea le- yeah. Um, so he's going to have good good gas tank. I, I would hate to bet against my friend because I, I you know I love him he's awesome but if there are people counting on me to win money I would bet the money on Justin Gonzalez um, I hope that Kai wins the fight yeah um, just because but I, I would put my money on Justin if I was betting on the fight this one is a little bit closer as you're looking at kind of the the fan prediction that Bellator has it's 54 to 44 in favor of Gonzalez so it's leaning closer but 
much much closer than um, some of the other fights that you've picked. Kai is one of those guys. He's an NAIA <laughs> national champ in wrestling. Okay. Doesn't wrestle enough in his fights because he hit, he he fights like a Hawaiian. He hits hard. Yeah. He has a good chin, well, so he can bang it out. Sounds you know? like he's been training since a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Strikes, man. But his wrestling's really good. So if he if he's able to use the wrestling and get off, you know, he's got a really good chance. And and, and I'm sure he'll land on the feet, you know. But but to to win the fight, I think he needs to to out wrestle Justin Gonzalez. And I I just think they fall in love with their striking. And, and I think Justin Gonzalez pulls off the, the win that night. Based off the stats I see, this looks like this fight stays on the feet most of the time. Would you agree with that? I don't, yeah, I, I don't I see a lot. Why. I mean, it's decisions. Both of them have a lot of decisions. Uh, I don't think, yeah, there's, I think there are two submission victories between the two of them. Yeah. So um, lots, lots of decisions here. I don't see, uh, Gonzalez has got four TKOs. Um, Kai, I, I think, had one. None. Yeah. None. So. A lot of decisions and. Eight, and, eight uh, decisions and one submission. submission. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with with the betting money will be on Justin. And you, you feel like this goes all three? Probably. Okay. Yeah, probably. All right. So as we transition, then you wanted it. That was the only fight in the prelims that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, when we go back into the the main event, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get her McFarlane. How you say her first name again? Alimale McFarlane. Alimale, that's right. Alimale and uh, and Justin Kish. Boy, Alimale, um, I I watched her fight against uh, the champ now, who we just talked about, um, and yeah. her name's Juliana Velasquez. Juliana, and she lasted all five rounds. She she looked tough. I she I, had her moments in the fight. She was just very. From my perspective, watching watching uh, Juliana Velasquez for the first time, and I had already known uh, Limale, outsized. Like, okay. That's why I think Juliana Velasquez is so big. She's she's muscular. She's you know she's good size. She's fit, lean. Uh, Limale is in shape. She's just not as big as as Juliana, and okay. she's shorter too. I'm not sure how tall she is, but she's definitely shorter. Five five. Yeah. And uh, I want to say I want to say Juliana is my height at either five eight or five seven. She's okay. you know she's got got height on her and size. So um, Alimale and Justine Kish. Justine Kish, I believe, is a striker. She's a she's a a boxer or or something. She's got yeah. She's seven and five, but she um, she's got two submissions and five decisions. So okay. if she is a striker, she doesn't. And I'm. We're talking 125, so your knockout power is not necessarily going to be there. But right. Um, so I don't know what the betting line is on this, but I'm going to go with Alimale yeah. hands down. Yeah. Um, I think she. I think she. You know, wins this fight handily, probably by the second round. Do you think she underestimated Velasquez? I, I do. I think a lot, but I think a lot of people did. You know, I don't. I, we'll have to look back and see how many fights Velasquez had in Bellator before she fought for the belt. But I think a lot of people. Uh, underestimated her coming into the fight, and, and, and Alimale is, is one especially, and I'm sure she would like to get that fight back. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure she'd like a rematch. I mean, it went the distance, and Alimale it was it was actually, and you hear about the spirit of Hawaii or the spirit of Aloha. Oh, her, so and, her walkouts yeah. in Hawaii are hands down the best walkouts since Pride. Um, when we used to walk out in Pride, they're banging on the giant drum. Yeah. You know, there's trees and, and music playing, and it's just amazing. 
And when she walks out, she, she dances and sings on her own walkout. She does the whole Hawaiian dance yeah. and has a crew behind her. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing to watch and to listen to. And, uh, and like the horns and everything, it's just really cool. It's like going to a luau, but it's her walkout. That's crazy. And then she gets to the, and, and she has the entire island behind her. You yeah. Know, all of well, the islands over there, I'm sure. Talk about, you know. I don't know. It's not home field advantage or home court advantage because it's home cage advantage in this scenario. Right? For sure. The, for the sure. crowd's going to be behind her. Um, I was shocked when, when I watched the end of the Valeska's fight. Um, she knelt down next to her and she's like, you go be the best champion. I mean, her sportsmanship and her, um, her demeanor after losing that fight was, was something I haven't seen. She was much. undefeated, right? She was. That was yeah, her first and, and loss. And she had, I think... I'm not sure if she had fights outside of Bellator, but I think the majority of her fights were in Bellator. She was the first champion at that weight in Bellator. She was the only champion at that weight in Bellator. Yeah, it looks like every fight that she's got, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, all yeah. of them have been in Bellator. Yeah, so she came up through the rankings and through everything in Bellator and was undefeated and was their only champion at that weight uh, since the women's 125 division started. And so I'm sure it hurt, you know, but at some point, you stick around long enough as a champ, someone's going to come along and, yeah. and they did. And, and hopefully she gets that, you know, she gets a shot again and, and gets to redeem herself. But I, I don't know much about her, but just watching her demeanor, listening to you talk about her, I'm, I'm kind of a fan already. Um, yeah. If you I, watch, I her to win. if you watch some of the past Bellators, uh, well, over the last three, four five months, she commentates a lot. They bring oh, cool. her up, they bring her up into the booth and, and uh, has done some guest commentating. And it's pretty cool. So you say Ali Malay, and you do not think it goes the distance? I don't think it gets past two. Cool. All right, next fight. Um, Patchy Mix and Kyogi Horiguchi. 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 All right. So um, these are two studs. Uh, yeah. Patchy Mix, his only loss is to Juan Archuleta, and it was for the 135 belt. And it was a barn burner for five rounds. It was a crazy fight. Um, Juan Archuleta looked phenomenal with body shots. He was landing the mean. Like w when that fight was over, that's one of the fights I got Lucas to come out and, and sit on the top of the stairs and watch. And watch, yeah. And uh, it was just like both of these guys are gonna be so sore tomorrow, <laughs> you know. And and Patchy Mix is a stud. He throws a lot of. Uh, unorthodox stuff yeah he, he's got great subs you know he's a he's a good good fighter and horiguchi has submitted darian caldwell um he has he was the champion he was already the champion at this weight and and i believe there are a lot of people he was he was beating sergio pettis from from the start of the fight to the very end of the fight well in the last round he was throwing something and got spinning elbowed and got knocked out uh but had had literally won, you know, every minute up until that point. And so there are a lot of people in the comments and stuff saying they want to see him win this tournament so that he gets another shot at Sergio. And and that's, you know, hopefully he does get that shot because it, it was a bummer to lose at the end like that. Yep. But uh, it happens. Like Chael Sonnen lost in the last minute of of a fight against Anderson Silva, yes. you know, in the fifth round. He had yeah. won four, four and three quarters of a round, you know, and then got and got beat. Um, by triangle, so it happens. But I I'm sure he would like to get that fight back. So when you're comparing the the styles between the two, um, Kyoji has got out of his 29 wins, over half of them, 15 are by TKO or KO. Yeah. 
He does have three submissions, but he go, he also goes a distance with you with eleven submissions. So he's a striker. He can knock you out. What's his? What, how many losses? Uh, hold on. Four. Yeah, not many. Now, when you go to Patchy, he's he's kind of the other way around. If you look at him, he's only got one TKO, but he's got eleven by submission. So that dude's ground game. So now is this? In the past, you've talked about how if you've got a striker and and a wrestler that. If the wrestler asserts their game, yeah. they're gonna win the fight. Patchy's not a wrestler, okay, but he does have good jujitsu. Okay, um, he he just beat, uh, which was I was cheering for him. He just beat um, who would who I say the Irish kid that just dropped I, I, out of the tournament? I, uh, uh, Gallagher. Gallagher, James Gallagher. And he, yep. he guillotined them. They both had about three guillotines on each other in about three minutes. Like finished. Tight, like deep, done guillotines, and then get out, and then another one was on, and they would get out right to put the other person, the other person in one, and then he finally finished one. <clears throat> he uh, was I, it was it a tap or a nap? No, I, I think he tapped. Okay. Um, he's a very good fighter. I don't think he's fought the competition that Horaguchi's fought. Okay. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think, uh, I would so. <laughs> it's a tough one for me to pick on the win. I would like to see uh, Horiguchi win just so he gets his shot back at the belt. However, Patchy's never had a shot at the belt. Okay. And and I'd like to see him. I like him. I'd like to see him, you know, fight the tournament and do well. And this is one of the ones. This is one of the fights in the Grand Prix tournament. Yes, this is so part of the Grand Prix. Is... Um, that's why, like I was saying, they're, they're trying to get to, to Pettis at the end now. So Pet, there's going to be a a uh, because the champion, typically the champion, if he's in the tournament and his belt's on the line, all four fights in the in the tournament, you know he can lose it and the, the the belt can change hands throughout the tournament. Him dropping out of the tournament, there's now going to be an interim title okay. at the end of the thing, and then yep. they will fight him for the the to can you know to unify unify the belt. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> this is hard. I, yeah, I was just going to say, so we're, how are you leaning on this? I'm going to go out on a limb and pick Horiguchi. Okay. Um, by by win. I, I, I hope, this is another one where I hope Patchy wins, but I think your betting money is on Horiguchi. I, if, if, Horiguchi's got the resume. He's got, um, it feels like he's... He's got the uh, the pedig- pedigree is the wrong word, but I guess the resume. That's the only word for it to is. say. If, it, it, if you go back and look at who he fought, yeah. and the list of them, and then the list of who Patchy fought, yep. and how you know how the fights went, I just think, and, and those guys' records, I just think that Horoguchi's got a deeper. Uh, he's had a deeper career as far as the, the, the competition he's fought. So one thing that is interesting here is that Patchy tends to be maybe more of a wrestler. He's got more submissions, but he's got a three-inch reach on Horaguchi. Yeah, he's longer for sure. So that's and he has good make... striking. He's not just because he's got a lot of subs. Doesn't, sure. He, he's, he was on the feet pretty much the entire fight with Juan Archuleta okay. and, and banged it out for, for the whole five rounds. Is that going to make it tough for Horaguchi to get in? I mean, that reach is hard to, to get around. Do you think Horaguchi's got, got the chops to get in? A lot of times the, the shorter guy can land the overhand because uh, the, the taller guy tends to lift their chin up when they fight a shorter guy. Okay. And, and that's how, you know, you get clipped. Okay. Um, I, I don't think, what is three inches? Yeah. That's a lot, but to be honest, it's well, an it's, inch and a half. It's, it's three inches of height. So I don't oh, know what the actual the reach. reach. It doesn't have the reach. It's yeah. five eight versus five five. And so, so people know when they measure reach. Let's say someone has a 
72 inch reach advantage and the other guy's got a 75 yeah right? that's only an inch and a half because you're splitting right. that you, they measure this way yeah 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 tired Fing fingertip to fingertip yeah so it's only on one arm half of what that is so he's yeah. got an inch and a half reach advantage it's not that much okay uh, that's interesting actually i never i never did that math that, yeah. that's, that's a good call. and i mean somebody who has shoulders this wide yeah and arms is it might have arms this long and still have a 72 inch reach advantage yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they I mean? got dinosaur so arms. It, it plays into how sure. wide their you know, their torso is yeah now that makes a lot of sense all right so so horiguchi i'm going with horiguchi In the bantamweight, we also have another one. We just talked about Juan Archuleta, so he's going up against uh, uh, Rufian Stotts. Man, th this tournament, uh, it is so stacked. It is so good all the way through. Rufian Stotts is a two-time D2 national champion. Um, he beat Levi, uh, who trains with Lucas Levi Miles, um, who's a stud, you know, very good. And, and uh, Rufian beat him. So he also beat Magomedov. Yes. Oh, yes. He's the guy who beat Magomed Magomedov. Yes. Yes. He's the guy that beat him. Uh, and that was a good fight, too. But he, 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 was, he was a stud on the feet. He, he out-wrestled him a little bit, uh, but he was landing as well on the feet. Uh, that was a good fight. He, yeah, he's a stud. And, and who's he fighting? Um, the tournament's so stacked. Yeah, uh, Archuleta. Juan Archuleta. Oh, yeah. So Juan Archuleta is one of my favorite fighters. He is one of my favorite fighters in Bellator, at least. Um, as a as a bantamweight, he's just such a stud. He is a million miles an hour. You know, um, he lost, uh, I believe, I believe a decision to Sergio Pettis for the belt. Um, it was a decision. Yeah, that's right. Was it? Was it? Does it say if it, it wasn't split? It doesn't say. Okay. I don't. It know. It was a good fight. He, he's very good, and I, I, I he's another guy I would love to see him the champ again. Um, I was so stoked the night that he actually won the belt. Um, I, so I, I hope that Juan Archuleta makes it to the finals of the tournament. I'm actually going to go with him over Stotts. Uh, I was actually pulling it up, and it doesn't say. It just says win decision. It doesn't say split decision. Okay. So um, it's, it, it looked like it just was a, a decision. He trains with some good guys. I don't know if he's still training with them, but he trains with TJ Dillashaw. He trains with Joe Stevenson. Okay. Um, he trains with some good guys. Um, Dwayne Ludwig striking wise uh, I, and I think I'm not don't quote me if he's not there anymore but he was with those guys okay. and that is a solid group of guys you know fight wise uh, conditioning wise striking wise wrestling wise you know wrestling with TJ TJ's stud yep. you know um, so I'm going to go with Juan Archuleta on, on that fight and probably his next round too I don't know who it is but I'll probably pick it on the next one too <laughs> so you think Archuleta is going to go deep in this tournament yeah I think he's going to get I think he's going to get semifinals i mean we'll see we'll see how it all falls out i don't know yeah. after everyone's first win who's next yeah 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 except for the jornel lugo fight yep and uh who, who he gets leandro higo next and then i forget who the other two guys are that are fighting to get into the into we the must tournament. not have come up to it because yeah, they might not be on it yet yeah they might not be in the in the bracket yet there's a couple fights on luke's card um <laughs> they're spread out All right, so this brings us to um, the last, the title fight of, of 279, Cyborg and Arlene Blenkow. Yeah. I, 
I mean, Cyborg just doesn't have any. She's kind of like she's stuck in the position where Amanda was in the UFC for a while until until yeah, Pena came, came along and, yeah. and beat her. You know, she's she's here. She beat Julia Budd, who's one of she was definitely my favorite female fighter in in Bellator. Um, her husband Lance Gibson's a, a friend of mine that I've known for a really long time, and his son fights also. And he's on one of these cards actually, uh, Lance Gibson Jr. But uh, she she was so good, and she was also Bellator's only champ at 135, and lost to Cyborg. She had been undefeated, I want to say, for close to I don't want to say 10 years or 10 fights, but but a long time. She was undefeated for a long time. Blanco? No, Ju uh, Julia Budd. Oh, okay, okay. And and uh, Cyborg came and handled her, you know. So I was bummed because I wanted to see Julia Budd beat her. And uh, Cyborg won. Cyborg is just, she gets wild, you know. She does get wild, but she hits so hard. She hits so and, hard. And, and it's just a barrage. Yeah. I mean, I watched oh. her. I, it, she'll back you up in the corner, and it's just like blood. seven or eight in a yeah. row and just unleashes. Body kick you, resets, and just unleashes again. Yeah, she's solid on the ground. You know, she, she's good all over. Um, I've heard rumors that Tito Ortiz had her in a triangle one time in training, and she literally stood up and lifted him up in the air like that while I was in a triangle. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, she, what? She's a female? But, I mean, she sounds like me. I was just because have you heard interviews with her? She is I'm technically a female. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. You mentioned Julia Budd. I was just looking through um, Blenko's record. She's actually beat Bud twice. Um, and it's also oh, interesting. Oh, she did. She did. She beat her in 2017 and in 2016. Um, okay. So I don't know if that, if that means anything, but this is the third time that they've fought. Cyborg submitted her, 236 in the second, the first time. Wait, wait. Julia, I'm sorry. Julia I'm, Budd or Cyborg? I'm sorry. This is the second time Cyborg and Blanco um, have fought. And Blanco fought. Sorry, they was the first one in Bellator also. Yes, it was. Yeah. So Blanco and, okay. and Cyborg have already fought once before in October of 2020. So here's how, here's how little of competition she has at the moment. She is already circling her way back. Yeah. You know, she's only been there she's for a couple years now. She just got there a couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, she's already going back through to, to other other champs, and and that's the bummer, you know. You get someone like her here in Bellator. You get someone like Amanda at the UFC. You get someone like um, Kayla Harrison in PFL. She's a 155er, but she's undefeated Champ. over there, like 11 or 12 and 0. Um, and you have someone like that, and there's no competition for them. You know, they're all in three different organizations, and they're all kind of a, a big jump above the next person. Juliana came along, obviously, and was competition for, for Amanda. Yeah. Uh, that was a 135. At 145, she doesn't have any competition at 145 either. Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's hard to, it, it's a bummer because they don't get the depth that the guys get, you know, and, and the women's divisions aren't typically as deep anyway, uh, competition-wise, for the, for the top couple. So it, it's... Like, like for beating Juliana Velasquez, Juliana Velasquez, I think the only person with a chance of beating her is Alimale coming back and, and fighting her again, you know? Um, so. Um, I was doing a little bit of research today. Blinkow, they, uh, in an earlier fight, the commentator said that she had done some training with Volkanovski. I yeah, she, she's from Australia. Okay. Right? Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure she's from Australia. If it says, I don't know. New if it, Zealand, one of the two. 
Uh, yeah, Australia. Australia. Yeah, New South Wales. And uh, that's where he, he's from over there as well. Um, you get a lot of guys training over there <laughs> between Adesanya, yep. uh, her, uh, Volkanovski. Um, there's, there's a bunch of, of uh, the kid who I think just retired, and I'm sad he retired. Um, he just dropped down to 130, 145 from 155. Um, he was Chandler's first fight in the UFC. Um, mm. Such a good dude. And and uh, I watched him fight when I was in Australia. He beat um, dude from Matt Serra's uh, ally, Quinta. And uh, so there's a group of people training over there, and, and a lot of them get together, and they're they're so, they're solid. Like, there's a good group of people. And, and they kind of were getting stuck over there during COVID. And yeah. people were just kind of training together or they were getting stuck here yes. and, and training, you know, and one way or the other, all these guys and girls were getting great training. Just got together. And, and so, you know, I'm sure she's <clears throat> she's as prepared as she can be to fight Cyborg. I just think people don't understand what Cyborg feels like until they feel her. And, and I'll probably get hate for this, but going back to Cyborg and Gina Carano. Yeah. Gina Carano is beating her. She didn't like. She was so worked up over the fight, and she was so, in my in my opinion, in her head, of being cyborg. She was mounted on her, and she literally got up. You know, she didn't. She she. I don't think believed she was in the fight until she realized she was in the fight, and at that point, she was over. You know, it was over, and and she you know ended up getting beat. But she was doing better than she expect. You could tell she was doing better than she expected. Gina to do. was doing better than she yeah. expected. Is that yeah? She cyborg? was doing better than she expected to do. So I think Cyborg is beatable. You know, I just think that people underestimate. I mean, I don't know if they still underestimate what she feels like, but they still may expect her to feel strong, and she's probably even stronger than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so once it, something you said was interesting is, is you don't know what Cyborg feels like <coughs> until you feel Cyborg. Right. Blenko has already felt Cyborg. True, true. So, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, that you know, she's, she, it's going to matter. Oh, I'd love um, to see the mix-up. I'd love to see her win. Sure. You know, I think that, I think that whatever Cyborg has done over the last ten years to make her the way she is has not been fair to everybody else that hasn't done that over the last <laughs> ten years. You know, there's no getting around it. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely no getting around yeah. it. Um, she's she's tested positive for it before, and and this is how this is the UFC fans. They were blown away that she tested positive. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, Have I'm you, blown away every time she passes a test. Right. You know, like, she's right. she's she's built like a dude. Yeah, She yeah. sounds like a dude. Yeah. You know, she picks up Tito Ortiz. You know, like, so. What's, what's Tito Ortiz? was a heavyweight, right? No, he's light heavy, but he walks at 230, you know? And and uh, so, yeah, like, so to be surprised that someone like her, yeah. you know, did. I was like, seriously? So I just think that she is... She's got a gap on other other girls when it comes to that. You know, she's much bigger and much stronger. She dies making weight. Like, there's videos of her crying wrapped up in towels with people not letting her out of the towels when she's, you know, freaking out. But she she struggles to make that 135 weight class. Uh, 145, 145 weight they're class. They're fighting at 145. Yeah. She struggles to make the 145 weight class. She did fight. I mean, that's why she didn't fight. She couldn't make 135 because Ronda was going to fight her at 135, uh, and that fight never ha never took place. 
So if she's, I mean, if she's fighting at 145, she's walking around at 165, I bet, right? I mean, easy, easy. That's so I went to Will Call one time to pick up tickets at the UFC. Yeah. And you can ask my kids. She was standing there picking them up too. She was my height at least. I'm five eight. Yeah. She was my height at least. Maybe maybe five nine. I don't know, but she's at least five eight, and every bit as big as me. And I was 180 pounds. You know, every bit as big and as much muscle as me. And she was, and, and I was 180. And, and had the same voice that you did too. She, and I've had a deep <laughs> voice my whole life. Uh, yeah, that's so. I it, I can't imagine you'd be betting against Cyborg. We should have this conversation when Chris Cook was on the podcast <laughs> he would have some enlightenment about it he would have talked to us a little deeper uh, about it if you haven't seen the the podcast with chris cook go check that yeah, out go back that and watch awesome. that one it's pretty educational yeah it's great it's great so c- cyborg yeah cyborg uh, okay. again that's another one that i'd like to see blanco win i just don't think that it happens yep that's our card so we'll see you guys next week to come back and see what my predictions how they panned out for you and i'll, um, I'll tell you up. i didn't so we got one two three, four, and then the undercard five, with uh, five, and then, and then I think, the other. so we, we, eight fights. we got eight fights, so we'll, we'll see how you do, uh, by, st- by, by stats, you should go seven and one, so we'll see, we'll see what that looks like, that'd be sweet, that would be very sweet, don't take all that right. all day long, appreciate Thanks, it, sir. thank you guys, see you next time. It is all over, just like that.